It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. going over to France. We are going to talk to former All Black, rehabbing All Black. He can't be far away now. Lima Sopoanga. Uh, he's part of the Lyon uh, playing group. Uh, their top team, top 14 in France. He's been up in the UK before that. But uh, Lima, welcome. Uh, good to be talking to you. Good to be talking to you from New Zealand, buddy. Oh, thanks, Steph. Hope, uh, hope that New Zealand summer's heating up nice for you, man. Oh, you've asked that on the wrong day. We've had cricket rained out. We've got floods. It's it's sort of the last it's the last downfall for summer. Um, that's what I'm telling myself, Lima. Um, now, oh man! But before we talk about what's going on with the All Blacks and the coaches and that sort of stuff, what's going on with you? Like I know you had an operation on a bit of a dicky knee about uh, about July, which has stopped you from playing. How's how's recovery going? Yeah, everything's going good. I'm currently in a camp in uh, sort of the southwest of um, France near Biarritz, so I'm just here for the next two to three weeks just um, focusing on getting back out there, there's a couple of um, other teams um, that come here, like their players so a few boys from Toulouse um, Biarritz Bordeaux here, then we've got sort of other athletes, tennis players, surfers MMA fighters football players, the whole work so it's um, a one-stop shop for guys and girls who are injured and that we come here and spend a couple of weeks and get better and hopefully in a sort of by mid-December um, I'll be back out there playing. So that's where I'm at right now, bro. Well, it's a, it's a, uh, a hotel for broken athletes. Yeah, it is. I've actually taken an Airbnb, though, because um, the the people who are staying there, they tell me you got to be in bed by, like, 10.30 and they'll lock you out of the doors by at, like, 9 p.m. so you can't come in and out. And I think there's been a few shenanigans happen over the years, so they keep it pretty strict there. So I've taken the Airbnb not too far, so I just walk there and um, in the morning and then walk back to my place um, at night time. Oh, all part of the That's rehab. Not so much of a prison. All part of the rehab stops. <laughs> a little bit of walking. Hey, uh, so many things I want to ask you about the rugby. Can we, can we just get your overall um, concept of the All Black season? We've been pretty critical over this side of the world, over in New Zealand, and you know we we hold the All Blacks to the highest esteem. And I guess the reality is we did turn the season around. Really disappointing series loss to Ireland. A first time loss to Argentina. We got pumped by. A few teams, but they've sort of righted the ship, but it didn't finish very well last week. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm just a fan of, of the of the boys now. Obviously, been lucky enough to be in the environment, but when I watch, I just, 
Yeah, at the moment it was going through that series, um, you know, during the year and and seeing what happened there, and um, obviously a couple of tough losses here and there. It was just a bit of head scratching um, for me, and it was hard to sort of sort of watch. You know, I got some really good mates here. Played some outstanding rugby in that black jersey all year, but yeah, it just didn't look um, as fluid as it normally would, and it didn't look as free. And um, yeah, I guess maybe that's down to also the pressure, you know, get a few bad results. You know, it got pretty, caught pretty ugly down under. You know, the expectation is to always win, and 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 with that um, comes a lot of pressure. So maybe that played into it as well, but. Yeah, it would have been nice to sort of see the boys um, finish off England, but, you know, it wasn't to be. And, um, yeah, I guess bring on 2023 and, and hopefully a bit of a break sort of freshens the lads up and um, they, they smack into it because um, it's going to be tough coming here to France and um, trying to get trying to get the job done, I think, um, with everything that's going on and how strong the teams are and everybody's sort of caught up. So... I'm sure they've got um, a plan up their sleeves come 2023 and we just got to be patient and um, all sit on the sidelines and hopefully it um, all turns around for them. Yeah, a, a couple of things you say there, it's like um, um, we've got to trust them and hopefully it comes right. But it usually does come right, Lima, and a lot of the observations here is the toing and froing and probably the least consistent selection policies that I can remember. I read a story this morning that in Richie Moonga's all-black career, he's played inside nine different second five-eights. Nine different second five-eights. Um, Bowden Barrett out at fullback, and then Richie has quite a good game, and then he's dropped, or he doesn't play the next game. Bodie's back to 10, then the next game Richie's into 10, Bodie's back at 15. No one seems to know who our backline is now. And you're a 10. You went to the UK. You had to play fullback. Um, how does a player, and particularly 10, is the most important jersey to be in control, feel like they can control the team? All this chop changing has got to do a number 10's head in. Yeah, I think, yeah, those are some pretty interesting stats, to be fair, um, you know, not having that consistency and fluidity, you know, like in building combinations, if you're sort of chopping and changing. I mean, you know, like DC had Nonu and, and Conrad for how long, mm. you know, and it sort of really ever changed. You know, sometimes you get Sunny in there or for the odd test, but it was, you know, we sort of knew what we were doing. I just, at the moment, I'm not really too sure um if we know sort of our identity of our attack or how we want to attack, um, to be fair. And I guess, you know, you sort of look at the teams around the world who are sort of solid in that 12 jumper or, or that midfield. Like you look at France, they sort of know who they're going to play. They've got that big ball carrier at 12, but we sort of haven't found our one yet. But to be fair, you know, I really like the, the looks of Geordie Barrett at, at 12. And, um, you know, I, I think... For me personally, I think we just got to sort of put our foot down and just say, this is it. You know, like we can't keep chopping and changing and we pick up 10 and we pick up 12 and whatever else around it. But um, yeah, at the moment, all that chopping and changing probably doesn't help the consistency and the continuity between building um, some pretty lethal combinations. Because we do have the talent there. Mm. It's just, you know, one guy, one week it's, one guy, the next week it's another guy and another 13 and 
and chop some changes. So yeah, it is hard to build that um build that sort of trust and, and stuff, but hopefully come the new year uh, you know, selectors and coaches have figured that out and they just I just think they just make a plan and they just stick to it and back it one hundred percent and 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 go through with it. I, I've got a funny feeling it's going to get worse before it gets better because we've got Anton Leonard-Brown's now coming back into the fold. We've got Jack Goodhue to come back into the fold next year, so that's going to add two more midfielders to a already a merry-go-round of midfielders. But uh, being domiciled in France, Lima, and of course the World Cup there, um, you haven't been there for years and years, but what are you noticing about the rugby public? You know, the, the World Cup's less than a year away. Is there excitement? Oh man, the French people, the French like the rugby fans, like that's going to be a real buzz here um, in France. Like even all our top 14 games, I think like, I think most teams every week, I think Kenny, our coach was telling me, most teams every week average between twelve and 16,000 fans um, at their stadiums every week. And I know it doesn't sound a lot in terms of the big scheme of things, but that's like constantly every week. And then obviously in the other games, um, you know, the big games, you get sellouts, you know, you're getting 33, 34, I think, Bordeaux versus Toulon mm. um, and Bordeaux. La Rochelle has sold out their stadium for three years running, I'm pretty sure, which is about a 18,000-seater or 17,000. So the support is definitely in France and the way they enjoy life, the way they celebrate, the way they have big parties afterwards it's it's pretty unreal like and that especially in Lyon like we're not a massive rugby city but after our games there's like thousands of people just still in our stadium and they they set up massive DJs that they have like like bars and everyone's just still in the stadium but enjoying a good time and that goes to like I think sometimes like two in the morning Jeez. after a game and you know sometimes we play afternoon games at like four o'clock people are still there enjoying themselves so I think if you're looking to come to a World Cup um, France would definitely be the one and it'll be a great time for sort of like all the games and definitely all the spectators Talk to Lima Sopoanga, former All Black uh, just uh, getting towards the end of his rehab to take the field again for Leon. Um, and we know we, a lot of you guys are going overseas now um, and I love it when some of you don't just say it's for a culture change, you actually say it's for the pay packet, because I'd go for the pay packet, bro. Absolutely. But Leon is a <laughs> is an area to live, mate. What what is it like being a Kiwi footy player living in a place like Leon? Oh man, honestly, I wish I came to Leon sooner. Like I had a chance when I was in the UK to sort of cut my contract early and I you know, like I should have I should have come. Um, but I didn't, but I'm here now and I wish I came earlier. Like it's beautiful, man. Like it's like a smaller, less busy version of Paris. Like there's there's so many good like food spots here. Like you've got um, Switzerland, which is an hour and a half away, which I've driven to with my family. You've got Paris on the train, two hours away. Places like Annecy, um, hour and a bit away. You could drive to Italy and sort of between four and six hours. You can drive to the south of. Um, France, go to Saint Tropez, which is about a four-hour drive. Like, 
there's just a plethora of things to do here. And um, I, I just enjoy the lifestyle and the culture. And it is hard trying to learn French, but I'm slowly getting there. But in terms of the way they do things here, you know, like you go to the post office at 12 o'clock during the day and they're closed because they're having a two-hour lunch. Like <laughs> they really sort of like work so they can live. They don't live to work in France. And it can be frustrating at times, but it's quite beautiful as well um, to be here and just be a part of it all. It's really um, – kind of taught me a lot in terms of like slowing down and enjoying good moments with good people and the friends love that kind of thing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And if you like wine and cheese, then it's a pretty wicked place to to be living. I'm going straight on Expedia. Uh, I found my tour guide. If I come to over to France, uh, four hours here, two hours there. I'll even babysit for you, mate. Um, you know, it sounds, oh. sounds like a wonderful place. <laughs> but, Honestly, come over, man. I think I've, in my time in Lyon so far, I've tried like 35 different restaurants in a year. So <laughs> it's been pretty cool. Yeah, and, honestly, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And it, and it's agreeing with uh, your lovely wife, Miriam, and your kids. Uh, good place for them as well. Yeah, my wife loves it. Um, obviously, good weather, lots to do. My kids um, love it. They go to an international school. Um, so they do French in the morning, um, English in the afternoon, and just being exposed to so many different languages and cultures has really sort of helped them along. Um, one of the kids in my daughter's class, Melissa's five, um, I went to school the other day and he was speaking to me in French and I sort of asked him in my lame French, like, oh, can you speak slowly? And he goes to me, oh, do you speak English? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I do. And he goes, oh, I speak English too. And I go, oh, wicked, how many other languages do you speak? And he was like, oh, I speak five. And I was just like blown away. You know, like, I was like, whoa, I'm out here struggling trying to pick up French and this kid's like, yeah, yeah I speak five languages. So I, we can speak English now. <laughs> just say to <laughs> him, mate. Stuff like that's been just, pretty cool. Just say to that kid, but can you play fullback, mate? Nah, get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Lima, awesome catching up with you, mate. We we wish you the very best in the rehab. Good to see the worst is behind you, and we'll look out for you in the top 14 um, uh, mid-December. All things going well, buddy. Uh, really appreciate you having a chat to us. Uh, it's been great. Hey, no worries, Steph. Any time, man. Hope all is well, brother. Yeah, merci beaucoup. Doyen, mon pote. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.